want them to know that their value is just as important as the players on the court. Welcome to Hoop Nerds with Billy Kegler, presented by the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association. We talk to coaches, athletes, and more to learn from their stories and apply learning lessons to improve each individual and stimulate growth for your program, team, staff, and self. Follow along as we explore success and failure en route to improving the game of basketball. Before we jump in today, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to my friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. I've been associated with their products for a few years now, and I'm really impressed by their innovative and user-friendly shooting machines. They also are great people with tremendous customer service. It's no wonder why they have become the preferred choice among top programs around the country and world. I'm very grateful for their support of the show. Make sure to check them out at drdishbasketball.com and at Dr. Dish B-Ball on social media. Be sure to mention WBCA when ordering your next Dr. Dish to save an extra $300 off any commercial purchase. Carrie Corallo, welcome to the Hoop Nerds. Thanks for having me, Billy. I'm excited to talk with you and learn more about your story. And I want to start here. Tell me about the first time you coached and a story or memory that sticks with you that you still reminisce on today. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. You know, I have had quite the journey um, all the way from California. So I first started coaching my fifth year of college. I decided to take on the responsibility of being the freshman girls basketball coach at Arcata High School in Arcata, California. And um, it was an awesome experience. The program um, and the coach that I worked for, the, he did an awesome job and the varsity and the JV program was um, very strong. So I was, I was very fortunate that I was able to um, take on that role. And I would say probably the biggest takeaway from that or the biggest memory that I had was um, really how much of an impact that I could have on young people. Um, and that they really looked up to me, they really listened to me. And at such a young age, I was still in college, um, understanding and seeing uh, that I could really impact, you know, the youth of, you know, that little tiny town in California was, was you know, was really important to me. And it took, I took away from that, that I could um, not only be a, a basketball coach, but be able to be a mentor and a role model and a leader um, to young girls and young women. And, um, I really felt empowered by that. And I really wanted to kind of run with that. And I could do that through coaching basketball. Now, I want to know how you found the confidence to empower others when you necessarily didn't have the experience in coaching and how you were able to develop the skills on the fly to empower your students. Yeah, I would say that I've I've always been a very confident person uh, and I will give all the credit to that, to my parents for that. Um, they always instilled in me to really believe in myself and um, believe that I could take on tasks that maybe were out of my league, so to speak, and, um, and really not be concerned or worried about what other people really thought or how that, you know, if I was doing a good job or not, I always just really believed that that I could do it. And, you know, a lot of that comes from mentorship. You know, I really leaned on my dad a lot. He was a high school baseball and football coach. So um, he was able to give me some good advice. I still talk to him to this day after every single game, I call him and, and we chat together. So I think a lot of it had to do with my upbringing, just really having a strong 
um, role models in my parents and um, my dad having that coaching background really kind of gave me the the knowledge and the background that I needed to to have confidence at such a young age and um, and to really learn on the fly like you said you know I really trusted the head coach that I worked for at the high school and um, trusted my college coaches you know I was done playing college basketball and they they were still great mentors to me in my coaching career. So leaning on the people around you, I think that that's something that's so important in coaching and understanding that um, we're always learning and always growing, you know, even 20 plus years later, I'm still learning what I'm, you know, doing every single day. So, so that would probably be the biggest takeaway from that. Now, I'm going to be a little bit selfish here and ask a question for me solely. So I have a five-year-old daughter and another daughter on the way, and confidence is a huge aspect that I want to instill in my kids. So I'm curious if you could share something you know, from your childhood that helped you develop and eventually have that confidence going forward. Well, I think the way that I was raised, my both of my parents um, allowed for me to really explore lots of avenues, you know, not only just in sport, but academically, you know, they introduced me to theater and the arts and, um, and I think just having that well-rounded upbringing and then allowing me to kind of find where my niche was, you know, I, I did ballet, I did tap, I did dance, I did gymnastics, I did, you know, just having all of those opportunities and then really just kind of finding my way and with the support of them. So it was never like I was forced into anything. And I, I think that that, allowed for me to kind of grow and find something that I felt good, a space that I felt good in. And then once I kind of found where I was, you know, fit in and where I was really confident, I think then then having their support on top of that um, really made the biggest difference. But, you know, my parents were both very strong, independent or are very strong, independent people. I think my mom um, really taught me from a young age to have a voice and not be afraid to stick up for myself if I needed to. Um, you know, just a really simple, silly story. When I was in fifth grade, this one of these little boys at school was picking on me and she was like, Carrie, don't take that from him. If you have to push him back, you go right ahead. <laughs> and I did. I got into some trouble, but um, I did. And, you know, but that was always kind of my mom's influence was you know, not to be afraid to stick up for yourself. And, um, you know, no matter who it was, no matter if it was another little girl or little boy, but um, to have a voice and, and be strong and believe in the things that you felt were right. I love tiptoeing on the edge of danger and right and wrong and, <laughs> and legal and illegal, you know, as long as it's not too crazy. Uh, let's yeah, let's right. move back into the coaching a little bit. And, and I'm really intrigued by your early start. So I'm curious about an idea or a theory that you had as a young coach that you eventually changed your mind about later in your career and what that was and why you changed? I would say the biggest change for me has been to listen to my players more um, and to understand that, you know, coaching changes so much so fast and, you know, players are definitely different now than they were 10, 15, 20 years ago. So being able to evolve along with them, um, I think is so, so important. Um, but I think, you know, I'm definitely a different coach now than I was when I first started. And I think a lot of that has to do with just growth and having confidence and um, really understanding that you don't necessarily need to have the 
the pedal on, you know, full, full go all the time. There's gotta be times to, um, listen to your players, listen to their bodies, not only physically, but mentally, um, the world is just a different place. So, um, I'm much more interested in how they're feeling and how they're doing. And, you know, are we in a good space physically and mentally to make sure that we get the best out of them? So I've really worked hard on doing a much better job of communicating with them and keeping the lines of communication open. Um, I think it's so, so important. They want to be heard. They want to have a voice. Um, and so I think that that's probably the biggest change for me over time is really being much more in tune with what the student athletes needs are. I'm curious about that line of communication. What do they often use to communicate with you? Obviously <laughs> the world we live in is text now. Is it in-person meetings? Is it phone calls? Is it team meetings? What's most prevalent? Yeah, I think it's all of the above, but I would say, you know, it's to me, and this is probably old school, but you know, I'm, I'm such a face-to-face -face type of person and um, and it doesn't even necessarily need to be like a setup meeting. It can just be a quick conversation after practice or before practice, or maybe they're in lifting and I just stop in and just check in with someone that maybe I'm concerned about. Um, but I think that if you constantly have, it has to be all of it. It has to be Twitter. It has to be texting. It has to be um, showing them how proud you are of them and how proud of all the work that they're putting in and, uh, you know, collectively, we do lots of team meetings and things like that. But I think you really get in touch and in tune with your athletes when you you just take the extra time. It doesn't need to be 20, 30 minutes. It could be a 30 second, you know, hey, how you doing conversation, but um, just showing them how much you care and that you really are there for them, no matter what, I think goes a, a long, long way. As many listeners know, I spent over six years as a general manager at Just the Game Fieldhouse in Wisconsin Dells. I was able to spend time talking hoops with coaches like Tom Izzo, along with high school and youth coaches, in addition to meeting some basketball legends, including my childhood favorite, Sam Elke, who is in the WBCA Hall of Fame and High School Basketball Museum, located at Just the Game Fieldhouse, which is a must-visit for any true hoop nerd. They also play host to the WBCA All-Star Games and Coaches Clinic every year. Just the Game hosts over 70 basketball and volleyball tournaments annually and is a great place to play for teams of all ages and ability levels. You can't beat all Wisconsin Dells has to offer in your free time. The Fieldhouse also has two sister companies in Just the Game Impressions and Just the Game Live. Just the Game Impressions specializes in customized screen printing and embroidery and promotional products. They serve businesses, schools, sports teams, and more. Just the Game Live takes pride in providing affordable and simple live streaming solutions for venues or programs of all kinds. Inquire today for more information. For more info on everything Just the Game has to offer, check them out at justthegamefieldhouse.com. Sideline Interactive delivers digital and LED scoring tables and video boards that generate excitement in your gym and the ultimate game day experience for your players and fans. We provide you the blueprint and the game plan to generate $10,000 or more in sponsorship revenue every year. 95% of our schools generate enough advertising dollars during the first school year to pay for their purchase. Any school or college can qualify for no fee, no interest financing over two school years. We're ready and able to deliver your order to you within three to four weeks. The tables and boards can be used for any indoor sport, as well as watching game films, school assemblies, signing days, or any other event that is held in your gym. Visit sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a 15 to 30 minute live web demo to see our tables and boards in action and what these fantastic products can do for you. 
or email sales at sidelineinteractive.com. A link to sidelineinteractive.com is in the show notes for today's episode. We're talking about all the off the court stuff, which is a majority of what you do as a coach. And, and I want to know from you, what's the thing that you do with your team that you think makes the biggest impact for them in their lives as people going forward? So not even related to basketball, but what you're doing to help mold them into confident, successful women. Yeah, I think that the biggest job that I have in that aspect is just leading by example. You know, I want to uh, tell them, or I hope that I'm sharing with them things that are going to help them later in life as they grow. And, you know, you know, that college is such a transformative time of their lives. They um, grow so much in those four to five years. So it's important for me to lead by example. And um, that's something that I've always really prided myself on is that I want to show them that you can be a professional, that you can be not only a professional, but a great professional. You can do be successful at your career and your job. You can have a family, you can have kids, you can, you know, just showing them that you really can do it all. You can have it all. Right. And I think that that's something that, um, sometimes in coaching, it's really difficult for, for women to have children and, you know, undo all of that and still maintain a high level of success. So, just trying to show them by the example that I lead every day that, that they can do it and that they have opportunities that are out there that they can reach those goals if those are the goals that they want to have. So my, connective, my connectivity to our alumni too is something that is really, really important to me. Um, so, and then making sure that the alumni feel as engaged with our program and know the players that we currently have in our program. Um, I think that that too is so hugely important for our current players to see the relationships that I still have with our alumni and that, um, it's not just a four year commitment. It's a lifelong commitment and they know that if they, need to come see me. They know where to find me. I haven't left Whitewater in 20 years, so they can stop in and see me anytime. And, um, and I will welcome them back or welcome them with open arms every time. The alumni thing is so important. And I've been to a number of your alumni days and it's remarkable the amount of women that come back. What is it that makes them want to come back? Because, you know, as an alumni, you know, at a different school, it's difficult with jobs and kids and family to, to get back. But you always have such a great turnout. Why do you think that is, if you could point to one or two things? Yeah, I would say it's probably when, it, when they're here. It starts when they're playing and how important it, us, it is for us to make them feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves and really connect not only them, the individual student-athlete, but their families as well. So we embrace their families. We do after-game gatherings um, with our families. So we want them to feel like it's not just the player that's coming to Whitewater to play basketball. It's a family affair and um, and I think it really starts then when they're, when they're a student athlete. And then when they get to see all the alumni come back and how fun it is. And um, mm -hmm. it was funny this year, we had our alumni game and we weren't going to let our current players attend the game because of COVID. We were really just trying to, you know, protect them. And they were really sad. They wanted to watch the girls play. And I was like, okay. I'm like, I didn't realize you guys like to watch the game so much, but they were like, no coach, we really want to watch. So I think it's exciting for them to see these older players come back and 
um, still love, you know, putting on the Warhawk jersey or t-shirt or whatever and, and play on their old floor. And um, it's really special to them. So um, I'm really proud of that tradition. And hopefully as long as I'm still coaching, we can continue that tradition on. Yeah, I think a lot of coaches preach family and, you know, even break a huddle with with saying family or whatever it is, but demonstrating it continually year in and year out and then having it manifest itself backwards where the players are actually dictating the family portion of it to you is really interesting. Yes. And, you know, our family, my my family, my immediate family is very invested. <laughs> I mean, we have, you know, my husband and I both coaching Joe and I and then my daughter now playing for us and. You'll see Matthew, our our 14 year old up in the stands videoing games sometimes. And Tyler's always there, you know, cheering along. So um, our immediate family is extremely invested in everything that we do. And I think, again, that's just that example of how important um, Warhawk basketball is to us. All right. So I want to go into practice a bit and pull the curtains back on something that always intrigues me when I've been to your practice. So at practice, when there's a drill going on, all the players that are out of the drill are clapping or cheering in some capacity. Where did that come Mm -hmm. from and why do you do that? Oh, gosh, where did that come from? I'm not really sure how that all started, but um, yeah, something that I think I just decided when I first started coaching that I always wanted the players that were out to be engaged and I want them to be in even though they're not in the drill or the game or what have you i want them to know that their value is just as important as the players on the court um we preach constantly because division three we carry you know quite a bit bigger roster than most um college basketball programs so i want our players from number one to number 18 to understand that they are just as important as, you know, the top players that are playing. So the clapping, I don't know how it all started, but the clapping goes on. It's, it's a tradition. Now we have not only our clapping that we do during practice and during shoot arounds and things like that, but it's, we have our bench mob. That's a huge part of our program and has been for a number of years. And um, our bench is so, so important to who we are as, as a team. So Um, but yes, the enthusiasm, the intensity, they're having fun like that. It's all encompassing and, um, makes practice. It makes practice fun. It makes it enjoyable. They're having a good time, even though they're working really hard and they're learning new things. Um, it makes the gym just a a better atmosphere. I've always felt that way. Well, and this isn't even going to be a question, but I just, I want to point out this scenario potentially. So, so obviously, you know, if you have 24 players on your roster and you have 10 on the court at a time, And you just mentioned that everybody has value and everyone is important. So if you have a player who maybe isn't seeing the minutes that they want to see or their minutes are going down and can potentially have a bad attitude, how does that involvement with help flip their mental capacity for what is really important for the team rather than being a little bit selfish? Yeah, it definitely does because they know if they don't bring, bring it to practice every day, whether you're able to get in a drill or get into the scrimmage or whatever it may be. Or if you're on the sideline, you have to be involved. Um, I make a point of emphasis of it. And then once I kind of send 
message early in practice, then they don't forget. <laughs> and then they're very involved. So it's not only the clapping, it's the talking, it's the communication, it's it's all of the above. Like they're, they need to be engaged. They need to know what's happening out there um, because they know then what, if they're doing that and I see that they're engaged, then that's when they, when they get their turn to go in, um, they'll be ready to go. Okay, let's finish up on a non-basketball related question. Let's talk about superheroes. If you could have <laughs> one superhero power, what superhero power would that be? And what would you do with it? Oh my gosh. If I could make like 10 of me. <laughs> you don't want that. Oh my gosh. Well, there are some days as a parent and, uh, you know, as a basketball coach, you know, you feel like you need to be in 10 places at the same time. <laughs> Um, and that's honestly, like, if I could do that, if I could split myself up some days, um, I definitely would do that. But my, it's so, so important for me to try to be there for everyone. That's, I, you know, I think that that's so important to me. Like I look at my players, like they're my own kids. So if I can't be there for them or if something comes up and I have a meeting and I don't really want to go to the meeting and I'd rather, you know, spend time with my, my players, um, you know, those are the scenarios because in division three, we wear, you know, so many different hats, you know, I'm not only coach, but I'm an administrator. So, um, so if I could do that, if I could split myself up somehow, um, I definitely would do that. <laughs> Carrie, the multiplier Corallo, but I have a follow-up question <laughs> because I'm really intrigued by this. So you just mentioned being torn in a bunch of different directions. And so how do you energize yourself and refocus yourself after a day of being pulled in 10 different directions from 10 different people on 10 different items? Yeah, so that has changed over time. Um, but my, my go-to right now, I would say, is that I take a, I set aside about an hour and 15 to hour and 20 minutes, if I can, a day, and I just work out. So I go in my basement and I put my headphones on, I play some music and I actually sometimes watch film, um, but I just, it's my time. It's my space. I don't answer phone calls. I don't answer emails unless it's an emergency. Um, and I just try to really just have that space to myself so that I can kind of collect my thoughts and regroup and then get ready for the rest of the day. So um, I think it's so, so important, you know, as, as you're trying to do all these different things is, you know, we talk all the time in coaching about having balance and um, there for a while I didn't have balance. And so it, it definitely affected me. And so I really just had to kind of, and I'm going to be honest, I think kind of COVID in a way helped me really refocus and kind of reprioritize, you know, and make sure that I was not only taking care of everyone else, but I was taking care of myself. And so, um, so yeah, that's what I do every day. And, um, it seems to be really helping me and, and helping our team again, just setting a good example for them along the way. Yeah. We get so caught up in trying to answer every message immediately, but at the end of the day, you can't do that if you don't have the right headspace. So thank you for sharing that. And it's a good reminder for all of us and Carrie, thanks for coming on the hoop nerds. Yes. Thanks Billy for having me. It's so, it's so great to see you doing this and, you know, the more that we can talk about basketball, the better, right? So keep it up. And it's, it's a great thing that you're doing for, for all the college coaches or coaches just in general um, to be able to have some time to talk about the sport that we love that has given all of us so much in our lives. 
Um, I'm forever grateful for the game of basketball for sure.